This is What the Puck, Family's Midsummer Night's Dream Podcast. My name is Graham Bryant. I'm an actor in the production playing the role of Demetrius, and I'll be talking to the creative, brilliant, and unique minds that make this show possible. Today I have with me Shelly Gaza, our director for A Midsummer Night's Dream. Shelly, could you please share some of your background and involvement in the theater? Hey, Graham. Thanks for having me. I would uh, love to talk a little bit about that. So I've been involved in theater really most of my life. I was lucky enough to grow up in a town, my hometown of Kalamazoo, Michigan, that had a really wonderful civic theater, a community mm-hmm. theater. And I really grew up taking that for granted. I thought I thought every town had this civic theater that had children's programs and classes and Anyway, so that was my hometown, and I did youth theater with the Kalamazoo Civic Theater for uh, my whole growing up, and then I went on to pursue it in college. I have a BFA in theater from Millican University and an MFA in theater from Wayne State University in Detroit, and I also studied for a bit of a time at the Moscow Art Theater in Russia. So I, it's always, it's just been a part of my life really for as long as I can remember, After I finished my graduate work, I started working with the Utah Shakespeare Festival, which was what sort of got me out west. And I've been home-based in the Denver area uh, pretty consistently for almost 20 years now. So I I love it out here in in Colorado and in the Mountain West. And I guess that kind of brings us up to today. Fantastic. So if you had to sum up all of the themes from Midsummer in one sentence, what would that be? Okay, I would say Midsummer is at its heart, it's the story of a young woman, Hermia, who is escaping the grips of the patriarchy and she is uh, standing up for herself and her love and she's making a choice to be self-actualized and so it really is her story initially but what I love about Midsummer is that we escape from this uh, literal place of patriarchal dominance and control into the magical woods where we actually have several star-crossed lovers who get what they dream of and we see not only Hermia and Lysander have their true love moment in the woods, but then we also have Demetrius and Helena have their true love moment in the woods. And I believe truly one of the most important couples in A Midsummer Night's Dream is Bottom and Titania. Bottom is this goofy character that really just wants to be adored and admired and loved. And Bottom gets that love story in the woods as well. And also because of the whimsy that we go from the real world, I'm using my fingers with air quotes, into this magical forest and out again, it's a it's a really perfect story, I think, for summer entertainment. I wanted to ask you what drew you to Family's production of Midsummer. Mm. Well, I I have been a fan of family for years, uh, a, f- a fan of their mission, a fan of the actors and artists that have worked with the company. So when I was first approached about the potential of, you know, collaborating on A Midsummer, I was honestly just really excited to hopefully have the chance to work with this company that I really admired for years. 
also when Ben Ronan asked me about, you know, we first started our conversations and he said, and he told me, and I didn't know this beforehand, that this was the first fully produced Shakespeare play that family was going to do. I felt really excited, beyond honored. And so that was a huge draw. And then when he said that the the play they had chosen was Midsummer, I thought it was a perfect choice. I mean, it's a really brilliant choice. There's, there's a lot of reasons why I think it's right for a theater company embarking on their first Shakespeare production. I think it's also right for this particular company because there's such a span of experiences with Shakespeare within our company. And you, you know this as being one of the actors in the company. When we have some actors who have a great deal of experience, not only with theater, but actually with Shakespeare, um, have taken collegiate level courses in it, have been in collegiate or uh, professional productions of it, all the way down to actors who, while they may have a lot of experience acting and they've done a lot of shows with family, this is their first time tackling Shakespeare. And so Midsummer is a really beautiful choice for this kind of company, there are roles that are just pinnacle dream roles for actors with, you know, a lot of Shakespeare experience. Certainly the lovers, certainly Titania and Oberon and and Puck. But then there's also some very accessible roles for actors who haven't had Shakespeare experience yet. And I think that Midsummer is really a perfect choice because of that. It really suits this company at this moment in time. And I also, I, I would say the last thing that really drew me to the idea of doing Midsummer with family is that I'm really in the mood for a romantic comedy right now. I think coming out of the last few years, you know, out of the pandemic, we're all finding our footing again. We certainly are in the theater community. And for me, I'm in the mood to celebrate that. I'm in the mood to celebrate that with a with a fun, magical, romantic comedy. So for all of those reasons, it was a, a no-brainer that I wanted to be involved in the production and just really happy that it worked out that, that I am. Absolutely. I remember you being excited in particular for doing a show like this right yeah. after the long, what did, what did we call it? The long intermission. Yeah. Yeah. It really, yes. The long intermission. I remember us saying that it's a really, it's a really good image for what we are coming out of. For sure. For <laughs> sure. I wanted to ask, what do you like about directing Shakespeare in particular, as opposed to maybe musicals or something more contemporary or other classical works? Yeah, I, the thing I love most about directing Shakespeare is that the, really the possibilities are, are endless. I mean, I, I ask this question a lot, or every time I work on a Shakespeare, why this play, why now? We don't only ask that when we do Shakespeare, but I think it's a very important question to ask um, when we're talking about Shakespeare because, you know, there. I do believe that there are reasons why these 400-plus-year-old plays still speak to us today, but I would say in 2023 there are some of the Shakespearean canon that are more relevant today or for a lot of reasons, maybe less relevant or should be put on a shelf for a while. I, I really believe that. I don't think all of his plays are equal and I don't think that they're all equal all the time. I love that sort of intellectual probe. Why this play? Why now? And that 
pursuit is is really interesting to me in, in with with directing Shakespeare. So once you land on yes, we're going to do this play and we're going to do it now, you really have so many options about where you set it, how you interpret it in a way that gives the company that's working on it so much creative investment. There's so much opportunity for teamwork and collaboration and creating it together in a way that's that's unique to working on a, a Shakespearean play. I suppose that's how I would answer that question. I think that's a great answer. And I think it's very encouraging for people who want to come and delve into this world. Kind of on that note, you spoke earlier about this being a production where a lot of people were coming in with different experiences. And I think it would be fair to say that that is going to be true for our audiences as well. So if this was somebody's first Shakespeare play, like maybe they read something in high school, but they never actually had to watch it, or maybe they were forced to watch like a BBC production or <laughs> Kenneth right. Branagh, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> I do. <laughs> so if this is the first Shakespeare play that they are ever coming into, mm-hmm. what advice would you have for them? Or like what pointers would you have for them in yeah. order to be immersed into this world and this language and why not to be intimidated by it. I love talking about this. The biggest piece of advice that I give people that are new to Shakespeare or, or to experiencing Shakespeare productions is to, first of all, just cut yourself some slack. Like any other piece of theater, it is not just about the words of the script. It is as much about that as also the movement of the actors, the expression on the faces, the the sound design and the lighting design and the costumes and the and the props and the actors, you know, hands, all of these. I encourage people to just give themselves over to the whole story and to remember that storytelling is not just about the words that in the case of our production are coming out of the actors' mouths storytelling is all of the things so give over to experiencing with all of your senses what's happening in the theater and that it's really okay that you may not understand every word that's being said what i also say to people that are new to shakespeare is so somebody like me who's been studying it and living with it and working on it for decades at this point there's a lot that I don't catch on, so you know, that mm. that there are still are. I, I'm not even going to understand every nuance and every word of every production that I see either. And so if you just give yourself permission to be okay with that, you're going to have a good time. Our Midsummer is going to be a perfect first Shakespeare for people. It really is. And the thing is, if you have a good time, a good enough time that you think you want to give another Shakespeare a try, another production, you're going to get better at it. And you're going to start understanding and noticing more details. And so it's hopefully this will be the first of of future Shakespeare's. That's my advice. Go easy with yourself. Give yourself permission to just have a good time. Don't worry so much about the language and the words. Just come enjoy the story. Great advice. I, I love that so much. But kind of shifting into the more technical side of it. Yeah. Could you talk a little bit about what 
iambic pentameter mm -hmm. and meter is for yeah. people who might not be familiar with those terms? Sure, absolutely. So one of the reasons that, that Shakespeare is a little intimidating for some people is because he did write, most of his plays are written in a form of poetry, of poetic verse. Um, and the particular form that he used was iambic pentameter. He also did write some in prose and he did write some in some other forms of poetry that's not iambic pentameter, but iambic pentameter is what most people are familiar with or have heard about. So iambic pentameter actually means there are the lines of verse are comprised of iams, which is a two beat syllable unstressed followed by a stressed syllable and pentameter penta meaning five means five of those so five iams ten ten beats of ba-bum 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 most audience members will not be aware of the iambic pentameter nor should they necessarily be aware of the iambic pentameter actors who are um, when they're acting their parts and they are speaking in iambic pentameter you really don't notice it nor should you but what i find fascinating about the iambic pentameter is that actually the moments when Shakespeare breaks his own rule. So we're humming along with line after line of 10 beats of IMs, and then all of a sudden he throws in a 12 beat line. Or he throws in a line that doesn't start with an iambic foot, it starts with a trochaic foot, which means it's stressed followed by unstressed. Those things are really exciting to me as an actor and a director because there's little, uh, just little bits of information to be mined from those those things that don't fall on the iambic pentameter, which gives us clues to the character, to the action. So those are all things that you know we dig into in the rehearsal process, or you dig into when you're really getting into the the nitty gritty of Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. It's a really interesting form of writing that he did too, because it very closely mimics the way that we talk today. Yes. Yes. And so with that kind of intentionality, it's like you were saying, it's when he breaks it that something notable is happening mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. something is being communicated. Maybe not to the audience like you were saying, because maybe they're not picking up on it, but it does communicate something to the actors or the director who is trying to find the heart and the soul of these yeah. characters. Yeah, absolutely. It's those things that we discover in our rehearsal process and our homework of the text that then the audience will notice because there are these, you know, active choices that we're going to make based on what we understand by analyzing the text in that way. What I love about what you said about um, the the heart and soul of of the meaning of the of the text reminds me that something that I, I often think about and I share with actors when I'm working with them is that iambic pentameter has been referred to as heartbeat and lungs breath. So the iambic beat, the unstressed stressed, is, it does sound like a human heartbeat, the ba-bum, ba-bum, ba-bum. And it's reported, we've heard, there's uh, some, you know, historical evidence that Shakespeare referred to the uh, the line of verse, the, the lung's breath, meaning that these 10-syllable lines are what a, a human can comfortably express in one exhale. 
now of course we you know there's a lot of debate <laughs> about that always, and so I know. <laughs> but it's i it's it's an interesting thought because i do think that shakespeare was purposeful in choosing this poetic form for his writing and and he wasn't the only playwright of his era there were other playwrights writing in iambic pentameter but i think they did that because there's something about it that feels right great thank you so much for that before we wrap up i was wanting to ask you to share with our listeners which aspect of this production are you most excited for audiences to see oh gosh okay um what like okay. gets you geeked out? And... Yeah, I don't know if I can pick just one. So I'm going to I'm going to dodge the question slightly by maybe saying a couple or a few things. Mm-hmm. One thing I'm really excited about the audience seeing is actually this company back in the Kilstrom Theater because It's been a few years of hiatus for family to be in this space, but I think that this space feels like home to this company in a lot of ways. I think it's really beautiful that their first Shakespeare production is going to be back in this space that feels like home. It's a beautiful venue. It's a beautiful venue. And I I will also say that for people who haven't seen a production in the Killstrom yet, it is in the round arena theater like that or in the round theater is really my favorite kind of venue i love having the audience surround the action i love the intimacy and immediacy that the actors have with the audience in that kind of configuration so i'm also really excited about being able to produce this play in in that style of theater in the round without giving too much away we have added some music and some singing to our production. And that came out of a couple of things, knowing that Family Theater Company has such a strong tradition of doing musicals. So it's a very musically gifted company to begin with. So it seemed like a no-brainer to me to incorporate some of those talents in, even though this isn't a musical. And then we just happened to have some really musically gifted people in the cast that I hadn't pre-planned, but I haven't seen it all together yet. No one has, but I am really excited about the work that's happening with the design team. I'm so excited about the, the lighting design, the sound design, the costume design, all the way down to the hand props and the furniture on stage. There's so much that I think is going to really make this production a delight for so many of the senses. But I'm I'm really excited for all of us for that moment when the audience, when we get to add that piece to it. Because mm-hmm. of course, we all know this, you know, no, no theatrical production is complete until we get to share it with the audience. And they are as much a part of the finished product as anything that we do leading up to that opening performance so so yeah I kind of I kind of dodged your question a little bit (laughs) but I I guess those are some of the things that I'm I'm just really excited about and for I'm very eager for the design to come together too and I know for some of our patrons who don't have vision or need more in depth into the design process Mm -hmm. we're going to be offering these tactile tours which is a service where People can come before the show and they get to actually feel some of those hand props and hopefully, you know, knock on wood, it hasn't been finalized, but hopefully some of the fabrics and they'll be able to explore the space and 
that's a really cool service that this company provides that other patrons might not have had access to before, but I hope more do in the near future. I do too. I do too. I mean, family theater company is such, they're such an important leader in not just our Denver area theater community, but nationally. The example that they set for how we include people in the productions, how we make it accessible and welcoming is um, other theaters look to family. Those audience members that do those pre-show tours, it's going to be really great. Absolutely. Shelley, thank you so much for joining me today. I just wanted to remind our listeners that A Midsummer Night's Dream will be playing at the Kilstrom Theater at the Denver Center for the Performing Arts from August 17th to September 2nd. For accommodations and ticketing info, you can visit family.org. That's P-H-A-M-A-L-Y dot O-R-G. And we hope you join us in the merriment and festivities. So with that, uh, thank you so much. Thanks, Graham. This was a lot of fun. And I'll see you in about an hour at rehearsal. (laughs) (laughs) See you there. Goodbye. Bye.